Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 131, A Sweet Nice Family Game. We've got a couple segments for you on the show this week. First up is an interview with two of the voice actors from the original Pokemon series. After that, Justin and Neil discuss a couple of new games, NES Remix 2 and Mario Golf World Tour. And then at the end, we've got a bonus segment on PC gaming featuring Scott and Zach K. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Pokemon trainers, this is Ash Ketchup, and you're listening to Nintendo World Report. <laughs> hey guys, Andrew Brown here with a very special segment. Last weekend, I visited the Supernova Pop Culture Expo here in my hometown of Melbourne, where I had the rare privilege to chat with some amazing people, Veronica Taylor and Eric Stewart, stars of the original eight seasons of the Pokemon series. I apologize in advance for the background noise, but I hope you guys enjoy the interview as much as I did. Welcome, listeners, to a very special segment on the radio that we've got today. I'm Andrew Brown, recording down here from Supernova, Melbourne, and I have the great privilege to be joined by two extremely talented people, the original and the best voice actor for Ash Ketchum and May, the lovely Miss Veronica Taylor. Oh, thank you. That's an awfully nice introduction. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful, and I also have the original voice for both Brock and James from the four kids' versions of Pokemon, Mr. Eric Stewart. Oh, thank you very much. That's very sweet of you to say. It's great to meet you both. You guys are my heroes. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> it's nice to be here at Supernova. Yes. You can hear everything going on in the background. Yes. Now, let's, let's kick things off. All right. How did you guys get into voice acting? And are there any actors that are, or current voice actors that influenced your work? Well, I used to work in a recording studio, and I did a lot of casting and production for radio and TV commercials, and um, I learned there, and I, I slowly started to be on the other side of the glass, um, from directing to acting, and that's uh, I got some auditions in animation, and that's what led to my first role in Slayers as Gowry. Yeah, and I've always uh, been an actor. I went to grad school, I went to college, both for acting. Um, I really kind of lucked into getting an audition based on a recommendation, and then I've kind of networked my way through, and... Um, to most of the things that I've been in so far. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Were you familiar with Pokemon before the, the English version of the show started? I was not at all. No, I actually was hired a couple of, a year before the show started to just do the teaser for their pitch. And uh, all I knew was it was called Pokemon, but it took 15 people in the room to decide how to pronounce it correctly. Right, and then we still yeah, didn't pronounce still it didn't the right pr- way. Yeah, yes. right? We had to go back and yeah. redo that in yeah. a lot of the episodes. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um... Did you? Did either of you have any idea how big the franchise was going to become? Not no, at all. Absolutely not. Not at all. No. Wow. So lucky to be part of it. Yes. For, I mean, as an actor, to have a job for eight years, pretty amazing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, have you played any of the games? I played a little Pokemon Red, uh, but otherwise, no. I do have a, a DS. I'm a big gamer, but that's not really my style of game. I'm much more of a Gears of War, Borderlands 2 kind of player. Oh, cool. Raw, stuff like that, yeah. Pokemon is, uh, is, a, is a sweet, nice family game. That's usually that's not what I That's the kind I like. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, kind of inappropriate question then, but what are your favorite Pokemons? Pikachu. Squirtle. 
Nice. As actors for the English version of a Japanese show, were there any nuances or personality traits that the original writers asked you to carry across to your roles? Mm, not really. I mean, there's some vocal qualities that they tried to match, but uh, otherwise, you know, it was pretty straightforward in terms of how to approach those characters. I think the animation also dictated, you know, what you know, body language, stuff like that, especially with Pokemon. So you were given a lot of freedom to, to ad-lib and make them your own characters? Not ad-lib. No. The scripts were written by the writers, but in terms of, you know, how to approach the, the dynamic of the character, uh, you know, especially since it's already been animated, there's, you're playing against the, the physicality that they're doing on screen. So if they're wacky, it's kind of hard to be serious at that moment. And in the beginning, they really wanted the voices to match more what they had done originally in Japan. And I think as the show settled in, then we were able to kind of let the characters grow into what they are now. Yeah, I mean, the Japanese actor that plays James never did the wackiness that I brought to it. But I also think that's a cultural thing of yeah. what's funny there and what's funny here. Yeah. It's always going to be different in different cultures. Right. Uh, absolutely. Um, would you be able to tell me about some favorite memories from working on Pokemon? You know, it was a crazy show. We had a very limited time to work on a lot of material. And so it was super fun to just kind of get in and be in this world that was so fun and colorful. And, but it was a lot of hard work. Yeah, I mean, the memories, I just also working with people that I liked. I yeah, mean, absolutely. It was, it was a tight group of people that worked on the show. All the original actors were all friends. And the whole production company at that time, it just was, it was, it was a fun gig to have. You know, everybody was working really hard and over 100% investing in it. And that I, I'm very proud of to be a big part of that. That's awesome. Uh, I have to ask you, Eric, was it more fun to play Brock or James? Well, James was more comedic, but Brock was a lot of fun. They're both they're both equal, you know. I mean, they, they, for their own different styles of their of their personalities. I also recently found out that you played the Magikarp salesman as well. I did. <laughs> they recurring character at least twice. Yes, that was interesting. He uh, was hilarious. Yeah, I like him too. A good little cameo. Yeah. Um, uh, now that the voice cast has changed, uh, do you ever uh, check back on the events of the show to see what your characters nope. are up to? I don't. I miss it, for sure. But it's really hard for me to watch characters that I'm so familiar with and hear a voice that's so totally different. I'm not able to kind of do that. Okay. And uh, I miss the show. So... Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even have. The, I mean, I'm so busy with what I do that I, I couldn't yeah. see myself sitting down to watch that at this point. And you really have to move on and, and keep working. So it's true. Just and plus, the original series is back on Netflix. I know. Would you come back to the show if requested by Pokemon USA? Well, absolutely. If there was an opportunity, there just has not been one. There's never been an invitation extended, and I, at this point, I doubt that they're interested. But yeah, sure. I don't think they're interested, but but I mean, you know, those two, those two characters would be fun to play, and I think the fans would appreciate yeah, it as well. Definitely. So yes, is the simple answer. Okay. Um, any advice that you would give to any fans that want to get into voice acting? I think that what you have to do is whatever it is that you want to do with your life, you've got to just go full on with that. If you want to be an actor, you've got to just be an actor, do everything you can that's acting related. If you want to be an artist, you've got to draw and work on it. And I think that's the best way. I agree. I don't dabble. Don't dabble in your in your, in your your craft. Say, I kind of want to do this. If you really want to do it, you really need to make that investment. Time, money, energy. If that's your passion, don't just sort of dabble in. I want to kind of do this. Whatever it is that you yeah, love. Because exactly. that's what else is life for. You know, do what you love. Do it 100% and, and have a great time. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think that's all we've got time for for today. Oh, thank but you. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me, both of you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Would you do a quick...
uh, voice sample of Ash um, or James? I can do one because I'm here with my best bud, Ash. Oh, Brocco! That's awesome! Have either of you seen Pikachu? Um, hey, wait a minute. Pikachu? Pikachu! got some games that came out on Nintendo systems or will be out soon um, and we could talk about them. Those games are NES Remix 2, which will be out on a week by the time you hear this, and Mario Golf World Tour, which will likely not be out by the time you hear this <laughs> out from when we're recording. Um, I'm Neil Ronahan, and I viewed 
uh, almost entirely Mario Golf World Tour. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. And uh, also with me is Justin Baker, who reviewed NES Remix 2 at the beginning of this week. Hello. Um, well, let's start with a game that, you know, we got to play it fully functional throughout <laughs> the review. Uh, so how, how good is NES Remix 2? Is it uh, first? I like it so much better than the first game. Um, the first game came out and there was a lot of fervor for it. And I, I feel like it was not so much for the game as much as it was for the fact that Nintendo was doing something like that. Yeah, it was just like finally like a surprise. Like, yeah, that, that's they're what like, I remember. Yeah. I, I think I, I like saw the video for it and whatever Nintendo Direct they revealed it in and I was blown away by it. And it, it wasn't until like later late that night that I even played it. But everyone was so excited. It was nice talking to people about like, hey, did you hear about that surprising thing that Nintendo did? Because they hadn't done that in a while. Yeah, and it was so much, I mean, it, it was a great idea, and it was so cool to see them do so. Because, I mean, they do get some flack, because they're like, oh, here's an old game that's a great game, but we've done nothing to it. It's the yeah. exact same game it was in 1985. Have fun. And it's like, well... I mean, it, it's like, it's almost tying into another recent release, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 on Virtual Console on Wii mm -hmm. and 3DS. Mm -hmm. and. It's kind of funny seeing how that's, you know, this landmark big deal. And when they first announced it back three years ago, they said it was going to come to Wii U and 3DS mm -hmm. Virtual Console. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of didn't really give a shit because I was like, yeah, <laughs> I have it on Wii Virtual Console. I've played this game a million times. Yeah, it, it's and, like they could do some, they, I mean, they, they don't even have to add anything substantial. They can add the tiniest, if they added just like a, yeah. le a leaderboard there it but would I, be amazing and blow everyone's mind yeah. but they, they don't you know but but even do. that uh i bought both super there's three on wii u and 3ds because <laughs> the game came out and i was just like well i want to play this game i i can get it for a dollar on wii u because i got it on wii virtual console already and uh i want to play it on on the go mm -hmm. and so far uh i have on the wii u version i'm going through um i'm going through every level in the wii u virtual console version and then on the 3DS, I uh, used Warp Whistles to get it, but I haven't beaten it because that game's kind of fucking hard, especially when you haven't played it in like five years. It is. I've I don't think in my life I've ever played through it without Warp Whistles. Yeah, I've I've totally like I don't think I've ever done the entire game all the way through like every level, which is what I'm kind of intending to do. Um, but I have got to get your money's worth, like so. I'm playing, you know, like when I was a kid, you know, be playing with a friend and be like, hey, we haven't really been to World 6 before. Let's go see what <laughs> yeah. that's about. And then you take the warp whistles to get to World 6. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I think, is that the Sky one? I think that's the Sky one. Yeah, uh, the Sky one sucks. I know that yeah. much. Yeah, I don't like the Sky <laughs> it one. It sucks it's, really like, hard. There's a lot of cool world map stuff in Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 3. And I mean, yeah, we, we could probably have an entire podcast just talking about Super Mario Brothers 3 and the really interesting design decisions made in that game. But let's go back to talking about NES Remix 2. Yes, which contains Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, 3. how cool is that? How, um, how, how are, like, the... Because it's got three, three platforming Mario games in it with Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 2, The Lost Levels, and Super Mario Brothers 3. How do right. they kind of, like, I guess, fuse those together or make them unique? Because they are... I mean, they're different, but they are right. similar. I mean, at first I was kind of bummed out. I was like, man, really? Three Mario games? You're, there's that much filler in this? And then once you get into it, you realize, like, hey, every one of these is an incredibly different yeah. game. I mean, uh, Mario 2 especially, but 
even three and loss levels play totally differently. Um, and it was nice because they, they, there were, I felt like there were a lot of levels where I was Peach or Toad from Mario 2 in Mario 3. And maybe, maybe I just played those ones a lot, but there were, <laughs> there were at least, I, I can think of at least three or four where it was Peach or Toad in Mario 3 is one of the remix levels. And it's really great, honestly. Um, it's because both of them, especially being games that I played a ton of as a kid. And at first, I remember the first level I was Peach in a Mario 3 level, and I didn't realize it was a Mario 3 level because I'd played both games so much. And I'm sitting there like, how is this a remix? What are they remixing? This is yeah. just Mario 2. And I was like, oh, wait. No, this is Mario 3 <laughs> with Peach in it. Um, so it's they're different enough that it makes it worthwhile. Um, and it kind of gives you the full spread of NES Mario styles because Lost Levels is very much just an iterative sequel on the original Super Mario and Brothers. And also hard as balls with like yeah. invisible wind <laughs> and all that fun shit. It's ridiculous. Um, but it's it's great seeing essentially every play style, every Mario play style on the NES present in one game and mixed around and, and thrown together. So it, yeah. at first I was kind of like, well, that's a lot of filler. They were just putting Mario in there because they had him laying around. And honestly, I'm glad they did because it was it ended up being a great mixture of Mario games. Um, now, in your review, you mentioned about how, you know, some games that are mediocre didn't really translate that well. Um, I mean, that that's definitely the case with the first one, like, fuck pinball, who gives a shit? Um, um, the, but Zelda 2 was the one that I kind of, when I heard it was going to be a part of this, I don't really like Zelda 2. I think there's a lot of good ideas, but I think the game is just broken. See, um, Zelda 2... So how does, how does the remix, or the NES remix style kind of help that game? Well, Zelda 2 specifically was my one where I was like, hey, this it it works better this way. Because Zelda <laughs> Zelda 2 for me, I mean, when I said that, the game I was specifically thinking of was Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus does not play well. It, the moment-to-moment gameplay, it's just kind of janky and really hard and floaty feeling. It's just, mechanically, it's not a very solid game. And when you put it in NES Remix, it's still not a very solid game. I mean, I, I still have um, a soft spot in my heart for it. But it it does itself no favors. Um, Zelda 2 is one of those ones where the gameplay in Zelda 2 is really solid. Like the actual combat gameplay, like um, fighting Dark Nuts is still awesome. <laughs> but whenever you take out the whole thing where it's this stupid adventure where you have to like be a psychopath to get all the way through it and it takes a million billion hours or whatever and you don't have to go through Death Mountain and all that, it makes it a lot more fun because you can just just enjoy the gameplay of it, which it's really solid gameplay and really in-depth combat for an NES game. Um, and it, 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 it brings that out and it gives it a chance to shine because you're not like, all right, now I need to go do this BS quest where I talk to this person and go here and I have to I go over to there. level up for four days and then well, die and lose my level up. And right. It, it takes the grind out of it and just lets you enjoy the mechanics. And the mechanics in the game are solid. I mean, just being able to attack, like having two at- levels of attack, like your crouching attack and your regular attack, like that already makes it pretty complex for an NES game, combat-wise. Yeah. And most of the stuff is combat, and they seem to have been aware of that, and you get to enjoy that, and you don't have to have all the crap around it. They just kind of cut the crusts off of the Zelda 2 sandwich and gave you the nice, tasty <laughs> center there. You get, the, you get the peanut butter and jelly without the crusts. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
It's like those what about those like those shitty smuckers things that yeah. don't have the that come frozen and they're horrible or something. Yeah, it's know. like three PB and J's for nine dollars. Yeah. And <laughs> um, um, so game, how does how does Punch Out work? Punch Out works well. Um, a lot of Punch Out is, I mean, it it explains it because I was kind of worried because I'm not a Punch Out guy. I don't know I, all the tricks and stuff, and <laughs> well, I, well, good, you will do better than I did. But I was on the couch and I was playing it, and I was like, "All right, let's punch out." I don't know like all the little the the tells, you know, and it teaches you some of them and does good about only having you fight guys that you've already learned the tells in previous fights. So, like a uh, uh, piston Honda, like one of them is you have His to eyebrows. get yeah. Yeah, you learn it. It teaches it to yeah. you. And then two or three levels later, it's like, okay, get a TKO in one round with Piston Honda. And you're like, well, I already learned the trick. So if you know the trick, it's still fun. And if you don't, it teaches it to you. So it, yeah. it kind of takes that same thing from the game where you do have to kind of figure out the trick and remember it, but it puts it into a different package and makes it easier so that I don't have to look it up on the internet, which is what I always end up doing when I play Punch-Out. <laughs> so um, the game that did shock me was a game I hated for years and i was like oh god this is in it oh no and it's dr mario and i played it and it was just delightful and it's my favorite game in all of nes remix 2 i um we uh the new york area guys we saw this like a month or so ago mm -hmm. and we saw one of the dr mario remix levels where it like changes from color to black and white to the game boy one basically yes. the nes to the game boy version on the fly and it's mm -hmm. this total delightful mind-bending Thing. oh yeah most because you need to basically look at the shades and be like okay that's red okay no this is the same color right and then he flips it when he throws it he flips it and you're like wait when he flips it does it change sides or does yeah. it stay the sides it's that that specific one most of the levels in these games i'll play through them once and i'm like okay i'm, I'm done maybe if i got a horrible like a one star i'll go back yeah. but yeah, the there's, there's part, definitely some honor in NES Remix. You, you right. don't want to get a one star. Yeah, you're like, one star? Oh, I may as well just not done it. Unless it, unless it's like pinball. Right. Or something like that. But that particular one, I went back and played it several times. And people would come over and I'd be like, oh, look at this one. It's really cool. It's my favorite. <laughs> and all the Dr. Mario levels were just a lot of fun. So much so that it made me go buy Dr. Mario on DSiWare, which is terrible. It's really? Like terrible. Really? I, I don't remember that being bad. I, I played... I am a... A Dr. Mario junkie to a certain degree, although I do have Dr. Luigi, but I find myself wondering what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> um, because uh, the L shaped Luigi thing is kind of novel, but that's about it. Yeah, but it's it was great because going into it, I was like, oh no. And I played it and I was like, this is actually really awesome in these short bursts. And it's an another example of something that's great in those short bursts. I mean, when you yeah. stack it up with like 400 viruses in there, like, oh, I don't really want to wade through that. But it's that essence of what makes it fun. And it it sets the puzzles up in such a way that you intuitively learn to stack it up so that they fall and you can get, you know, cascading uh, viruses knocked out. Yeah. So it's it was really cool. And that was my favorite remix in the whole game was that one with the Game Boy pills. They went out there and I remember I was playing it and I was like, all right, what's the remix? And he throws it out there and I was like, no. And it blew my mind across <laughs> the room. It was amazing. So I guess um and any other well any other standouts uh, as far as like the roster of sixteen games um not Wario's Woods oh fuck you <laughs> this is this is troubling because I've always I've always really loved Wario's Woods and it's just I mean because 
for me, it's a puzzle mechanic that you don't really see ever get used again, where you're controlling a character in the puzzle environment. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, I did it. Kirby was a lot of fun. It had some really cool remixes. Kirby, oddly enough, was really hard. I mean, you go into it and you're like, oh, it's Kirby, but it, it was yeah, actually yeah. pretty tough. Um, you're, you're like, that, I can just uh, float the air to win, right? Right, and then you're like, like no, oh, you need to suck up this oh, energy no. and get this power. <laughs> um the kirby ones were really um they had a lot of different they were very they were varied um which was really cool because obviously kirby has tons of powers and does tons of cool different stuff so i think they had a lot more to play with than that than the, with that one words um whereas like the zelda ones like all right now kill this enemy now kill these enemies without getting hit no now yeah. kill this guy kirby kind of it was able to expand outwards a little bit and do some cooler things with kirby that i enjoyed I'm very excited to play more of this game. Yes, and, um, excellent. B- before we uh, go over to Mario Golf, how about uh, the bonus modes? Because there's Super Luigi Brothers and then uh, the championship. <laughs> Super how, Luigi, how are those? <sighs> Super Luigi Brothers is is pretty fun. Um, the big thing for me was the challenge mode, and it's it's it essentially gives you five minutes on the timer, and you play through three challenges. Um, Mine were what was it? It was uh, and I don't actually I don't know if they're the same all the time. To be honest, I believe that's what I I think. I because what is it? It's Super Mario Brothers, Mario One, Mario Three, and then Doctor Mario. Yeah, yeah. Um, and And it's only accessible if you have the first one, right? Yes, remix. And mine never changed. So I don't like. I don't know if they're going to update that as time goes on. I hope they do. I think that would be really neat. Um, but they were a lot of fun. Um, it's it's that same speedrun mentality where you're trying to figure out the best path through there because it's always the same. And it's uh, it's sort of more freeform than the traditional levels in the game because it's like the, the first thing is like, all right, get 25 coins. We don't care how you do it. We don't care how many levels you have to go through yeah. to do it. As long as you're within the time limit, just keep on trucking. So it was... Um, a little, a little more liberating, and, and it allowed you to sort of figure out the best path. Whereas yeah. most of the games in the actual NES remakes were like, "Okay, do this as quickly as you can." This is more yeah. like, "Here you go, figure it out." So it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed the challenge mode, and like I said, mine never changed, but it didn't really get old, honestly, because you've pretty much just got the whole game to explore in in a five minute <laughs> window, <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know, I. I haven't really heard anything on if that's going to change ever. Like, I mean, it would be pretty cool if, I mean, who knows what their plans are for the NES Remix series going forward. Right. But if they did have something like, you know, every couple weeks, they're like, oh, hey, now it's three more games in a mm-hmm. challenge mode. I was hoping it would be like random or maybe it would change each time. But every time I played, and again, mine was before the game came out. So I don't know if maybe it's yeah different now. Maybe or... they will change and update it. I guess yeah. we'll, we'll find out. I don't know right. if it's going to be a midnight launch or not. I kind of hope it is because... A half an hour away from that. There I, you go. I might play that tonight. <laughs> um, but what I have been playing other than Dreaming Got NES Remix 2 is uh, Mario Golf World Tour. Oh, man. Which, uh, so far I put... Um, well, right now on the site we have a review in progress. Because the online did not go live until today. This is Thursday, April 4th. Um, that's when the embargo was, so... I basically just wrote a review without a score for the <laughs> offline portion. Um, and the offline portion is very fun. However, it's kind of shorter um, because you have that single player RPG style mode. Uh, it's, I would say it's a better single player mode than was in Mario Tennis Open, but it's still closer to that than it is the full fledged RPG mode of, of 
art yeah, of the older portable games. Which right. is a little disappointing, but still, uh, the Castle Club mode has you going around as your me, exploring this this club, talking to characters, and getting new gear to put your me in, um, getting costumes to make them look like a filthy crossdresser. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just weird seeing my me dressed up as Daisy, <laughs> going up to Daisy and being like, hey, what's up? And then Daisy's just like, what did you do to me? It's a quest. You're finding yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, now, cause what I, I've not played any, I played Mario golf, the Game Boy Color one. I downloaded it and got bored with it immediately, but I'm so excited for Mario golf. Um, because the whole world of Mario sports games that are not Mario Kart, if you could call that a sports game, I guess kind of sort of it's, maybe it like technically is, but not like, I don't know. Maybe who I, I, I think because the idea of Mario Kart racing in the way it is in the game isn't doesn't really have an analog whereas like i guess it's true do yeah i mean like i guess there is like go-kart racing but like i'm sorry i'm not thrown around fucking blue shells when i'm going <laughs> yeah. to i'm not killing other people on the track <laughs> yeah. no one is dying granted granted i don't also hit a golf ball and have it like bounce off a of wiggler's head but right um so the whole world of mario sports games i'm just now getting into it because growing up i could have cared less so i'm very excited for mario golf now content wise i never picked up mario tennis because it was full price and by all accounts was incredibly light on content i think there's just kind of a problem with tennis games because like what more can you do with tennis right you've got the court and then what you got some challenges you got some tournaments that's it like that's Mm -hmm. i don't really know what else you can do with that outside of having like a full-on career mode or something, which, I mean, I still thought tennis was good. I believe when I reviewed that one, when it came out, uh, what was it, two years ago, mm. I think I gave it like a 7.5. Like, I enjoyed that game. I ended up putting in like close to 15 hours into it. Mm. Um, played a lot of uh, local multiplayer with other mm. NWR staffers at E3 that year. Um, but Mario Golf, to me, blows blows Mario Tennis open away. Awesome. A lot of that has to do with me liking golf more than tennis. Uh, I think <laughs> it's just a more interesting sport to play in a video game. Well, and then, like you said, you get the set piece moments where it's like, check out this awesome course. Yeah. And the way it works in Castle Club, which is this is this is kind of my big beef with Castle Club, is that when you go through it, your goal in that, which I didn't realize until after I finished it, is just there are three 18-hole courses, and you have tournaments in each one. Once you win those three tournaments, then essentially you beat Castle Club. And those three 18-hole courses are, you know, like the grass course, the desert course, the mountain course. So it's like <laughs> none of like the, the cool, like kind of goofy Mario stuff. Right. The and fun those ones. are present in Castle Club um, where like you unlock them by playing a different part of the game. There's a challenge mode. You get star coins for doing these. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call them NES remix style challenges, but it is that kind of like oh, here, go to this hole, and then you need to uh, do some, like, you know, hit hit the golf ball through rings and then, you know, make it in par. Or, you know, get these coins, when get X amount of coins as you beat these three holes. Mm-hmm. Or do these three holes as fast as you can. Finish them under two minutes. Um, which, those are really fun. And there's about, I think it's, I'm trying to think it's, eight or ten challenges per, per course, and there are a total of eight courses you can do that with. Um, that's kind of neat, and that's the way that you unlock all the Mario World courses, which there's a there's a Peach one, a Yoshi one, there's an Underwater one. 
There's a pretty cool Wiggler one. The underwater one looked amazing. Yeah, the the underwater one's really cool because it, it's like the water physics are kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, you're underwater. Yeah, I wondered how they do that. I was like, well, honestly, you'd hit it like a foot and a half, and it and it would not be fun at all. Yeah. So I was like, well, uh, surely they're yeah, because skew it's, it's, it. it. I guess it's not exactly like underwater physics would be in real life, but they just make it like a little bit floatier that like there is a difference mm-hmm. and it makes you makes you approach the holes differently. And I think that's what I like about a lot of the different holes on the courses is that they make you do things differently. Right. Like for the, the Bowser one, like there's fucking lava everywhere. So you need to be really <laughs> deliberate about where you where you be off and where you aim. Whereas in like, you know, some of the, the easier courses, you can just kind of like, all right, I'm going to line up going to try to hit the shit 300 yards right that's it um but then in castle club like beat those three tournaments that's it Mm. there are now that i can actually play online um online adds a hell of a lot to it uh there's tournaments out the at the yin yang that you can play and you unlock all sorts of stuff for it Uh, i competed in a world tournament in which i won a bunch of game boy gear (laughs) um so now i have like game boy gloves boy Game Boy Shoes, Game Boy Kaiser. Excellent. You look just like that kid from that old Nintendo Power ad yeah, with all I haven't, Game Boy stuff. I haven't stuff. put them on yet. I literally, <laughs> the, the last thing that I did in that game was play that tournament because I'm like, oh, I can get Game Boy shit. All right, I'm in. Yeah. Um, um, so the, what, I, what I'm hoping for, and I've tried to stay blissfully ignorant about the game because I was just so excited and then they delayed it and broke my heart. Um. How many cool little secrets have they stuck into all of the Mario World courses, sort of a la Mario Kart, where there's always some sort of little trick or thing off to the side? Honestly, I it's not that they're not there. It's just that I haven't noticed too many of them, and that's probably because I'm not looking close enough. Mm-hmm. Been focusing on trying to get you know the lowest scores I can. There have been like a couple like kind of like I have noticed some pipes. I haven't successfully landed in one of the pipes. Usually it just winds up with me like bouncing off the side of it and fucking things up. <laughs> um, I mean, there are a lot of stuff like uh, some of the courses themselves are beautiful because mm-hmm. especially the uh, there's a Donkey Kong one that's very much inspired by Donkey Kong Country Returns. So it has all those enemies and those characters around there. Like the, uh, what is it? Like the weird pillars that scream and then fall down. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to hit your ball anywhere near those guys. Or right. and I think it's in the Donkey Kong one and the Bowser one. There's a like basically bombs that if you hit your ball too close to it, then it's gonna blow up. And it could help you if you're in the right spot. Right. It doesn't. So more still just set piece than fully interactive yeah. crazy Mario World stuff, which yeah, I guess like, could more make like it interesting unplayable. interesting Mario themed obstacles. Right. Right. And then there's a bunch of items too that you can use in some of the courses, but those kind of suck. They're interesting <laughs> and some of them like there's one that turns it turns the ball into a bullet bill and you ignore all wind and you just go really, really far. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of great. But then they have stuff where it's like you hit it here and then it goes right up into the air and then comes back down where you aimed it, which Mm -hmm. is actually kind of good at avoiding extreme wind. I used in one of the tournaments that I played uh, online today. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just like kind of not really intuitive into how you control it. There's like another one that turns you into turns the ball into a tornado. There's one that uh, turns, uh, like, it's a fire flower, so the ball becomes a fireball, and then basically, like, burns away any terrain or obstacles you can cross. Mm-hmm. There's an ice flower that, in theory, uh, keeps you out of, like, hazards and water damage, but usually 
uh, I would use the ice flower and then just bounce around the water and then eventually it would stop and I would fall in the water. <laughs> and so, like the items are neat, but I just, when I'm playing a course and I want to try to do well, then I just ignore them and play the course normally. Right. Unless I have a bullet bill because those things are kind of god mode. But it sounds like they made it pretty optional. I mean, it's not yeah. like you have to have, you don't have to use an ice flower to get through the, the stage or anything yep. like that. Yeah, it's just if I mean if you're in the right spot, you you might be able to use it to your benefit. Who knows? Right, which is good. Um, have you gotten to experience any of the asynchronous multiplayer? So it's kind of like it's not in like I guess the traditional like you know iOS Android asynchronous. Mm-hmm. The way it works is that you go online and there are these different tournaments. There are ones created and hosted by Nintendo. You can make your own. Uh, you can also make communities, but that still isn't working yet. Um. I think the way that communities work is kind of similar to Mario Kart 7, or at least that's what it says in the instruction manual, mm-hmm. um, where it is like you basically, you know, create a certain rule set and then invite people to it, and then you all just basically play, and then it tracks people's scores on different holes. Um, hmm. But they do have uh, a bunch of tournaments, that, you, and you can create your own with, like, all sorts of settings as far as, like, you know, using specific clubs, using specific characters, mm-hmm. going on a specific course, having different goals in mind, whether it's, like, you know, collect a bunch of coins, uh, you know, just regular old lowest score, or who can do it the fastest. Right. Um, And those are really neat because the way that that works is when you're going on a tournament, and keep in mind that this is, like, the online just went up today, so it wasn't even that that populated um but so i'm playing i'm playing a a tournament course go online i enter it and then as i'm going through the course i will see like ghosts ghosts of every other maybe not every other player but a handful of other players and their shots on the same one that i'm going after oh okay so like i'll be able to you know see that hey i I out drove a bunch of people or Mm -hmm. man that motherfucker went way past me (laughs) Or that guy sunk a really long putt. Good for him. Right. Um, so kind of more like the the time trials in Mario Kart, where you just yeah, you the yeah. ghosts are there, but it's not. That is a you know. fantastic comparison. Right. That for yeah. <laughs> but it it is very much like that. It's not like you know you're you're doing a course and then like texting your friend, being like, "Hey, your turn." Right. Like, Which, there is yeah. no kind of like. I think I think there you can do everyone playing at the same time online. Actually, try that. I need to. I know a couple people who have copies, and I mm-hmm. think that's you can just do like you know the way that the local multiplayer works in this game, which is you're all playing at the same time, but no one like you need to all finish the hole in the order to move on. Right. Well, I mean, what I was hoping for was, like you said, you know, like okay, it's his turn, and when he turns on his 3ds, he'll get a little thing that says, "Hey, you know, it's your turn in Mario Golf." Yeah. Which... I, I mean, I, th- I think the best that you'll have is like. You know, someone plays a round, and then you play a round, and then that person might get some sort of spot pass notification saying, like, hey, dude, beat your score. Right. Gotta beat it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm super... That's This is an immediate yeah. download buy so that it never has to leave my 3DS. Like I, I, and as far as with the asynchronous stuff, like I think that could be really... Like, that could have been really cool, but I don't know if it's necessarily something that I'm, like, pissed off that it's not in there. Right. Like, it's just kind of like, okay, you know what, for the 3DS, I think that kind of makes sense. 
because it's not like I'm going to be out like, you know, at the movies opening up my 3DS and being like, oh, man, I'm connected to 3G on my 3DS for some reason. Right. And, and doing and doing it. one one stroke and then be like, OK, yeah. that's that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Like, I guess Where it I, makes I mean, sense. And and I think I, I haven't tested this yet. I probably will do this tomorrow. I think like if I were to download a tournament, I might be able to finish it locally and then upload my score later. But that that would I'm, be nice. I'm not 100% sure about that because I haven't I haven't really tried that yet. I've been in Wi-Fi when I've been playing it. Right. Well, that would be good because I'm very often I'm not in Wi-Fi, so. Yeah. That'd be nice to be able to do that and still sort of have online functionality in a way. Yeah. But it might be a little rocky launch for Mario Golf World Tour. I mean, they still have a week to iron out the kinks, but it's still a little rougher on the edges. It's kind of funny right now because uh, the downloadable content isn't up, but if you go to the option on the menu, it like basically it seems like it's gonna work, and then all it does is it puts a loading screen that can't go away unless you turn off the game. That's like, <laughs> uh, like you know, setting up extra data on your SD card. But the cool thing about that is that the loading screen for this for this game is fucking incredible because it's a bunch of like, um, you know, eight bit Mario sprites with golf balls coming in. So it'll mm. be like the golf ball will. Come into the almost go in the hole, but it'll hit a like a, a super mushroom and then get bigger and bounce away, or like a bunch of bullet pills will get fired and then the golf ball will come in and like you know go on top of all the bullet bills and then bounce into the hole. That's why like they with, delayed it a year to yeah, add that. with these retro sound effects. <laughs> um, but it is funny because like I was uh, when the online was up, I was like, oh, I'm gonna see if uh, I see if the DLC works. So I click on that and I'm waiting. I put the system down and I'm still waiting. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I realized that like I can still go through all the menus in the background. Hmm. It's just that I even went in and started playing a round of golf and this loading screen was still there. <laughs> um, and then I just turned it off and no problem. I, I assume that that weird glitch will probably be resolved by the time it comes out. But yeah. I'm, Which... a, I'm a little wary that it's going to work without a hitch. But whenever I've actually been playing anything related to the online, it has run fantastic. It's just that it seems like, you know, entering the online world is a little rough around the edges. Right. And it what is it? It comes out the 2nd of May, right? Yeah. So it's a week away. Awesome. So, I mean, for all we know, it'll be completely flawless by next week. Right. That's also the exact day that I have a huge research paper due. So, yeah. Good we'll reward. See, uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And uh, <laughs> I guess to kind of wrap this up, um, I'm totally going to be making some NWR tournaments. So stay tuned. Um, right now, uh, I made a tournament. I'll have to see if anybody actually played it. It's called Wario Putts Odd. I couldn't put Putts Weird because Wario Putts game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's almost like he's like Happy Gilmore putting. <laughs> I mean, just a lot of the animation of the characters, and I'm kind of excited to see some of the downloadable characters because it looks like like Rosalina floats, and mm-hmm. Nabbit's a really dumb character. No, oh, I love the focus on Nabbit. He's my favorite new character in such a long yeah. time. I, like I think I think Nabbit's a fucking awful character, but he's 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 great in that dumb way. In the way yeah. you're like he's so it's such a stupid character, but you're like ah, oh, but you can't hate him. Yeah, I mean he's like the the inverse of Baby Bowser for me, or Bowser Junior, or whatever he's called. Mm-hmm. Because I think that I think that Bowser Junior is a stupid, stupid, stupid character. <laughs> but I kind of like Nabbit, and like they both have that dumb little handkerchief thing. They do. Yeah, it's like look at look at my weird smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, it's it's. I'm 
just visually, the game looks super exciting just to look at and to play, even if it's not super interactive courses or whatever. Like, yeah, just... I mean, I think it's one of the prettier 3DS games, too. It just runs really, really smoothly. Right. Yeah, I'm excited for more people to play it, because I think if, if you're into Mario Golf games, um, fantastic. And as far as a great debate of this versus Hot Shots Golf, which is kind of funny, because it's like... There's basically just this one company that like split into two different companies that makes all these arcade sports games or mm-hmm. these arcade golf games to be specific. Because I think it was it was originally Camelot and then Clap Hands or something makes mm-hmm. the Hot Shots golf games. That's like a bunch of ex Camelot people or the other way around. Maybe it's ex ex Clap Hands people. Um, but I played a bunch of Hot Shots golf on Vita, and I think the online hooks in that might be a little better. But as far as the actual gameplay. I vastly prefer Mario Golf. That's excellent because I Hot Shots Golf on Vita is my most recent golf game that I actually got into. So hearing that yeah. is that's an insta insta buy for me. Yeah, Hot I, Shots Golf was great. I mean, like I, I'm not here to shit on Hot Shots Golf on Vita because it, it is probably the second best golf game I have played in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's parts of that game that are way too convoluted, and I think that Mario Golf, you know, maybe in some respects, like especially with the kind of lackluster single player castle club um it might be a little too simple but for me i prefer that because it's not as convoluted um, right and a lot of it is like i don't i don't actually know anything about golf for yeah. real so uh, some of the stuff in hot shots is a little bit lost on me i'm like i don't really know yeah what any of this think, is and i think mario does a really good job of presenting that in a way that you can learn like there's some pretty solid tutorials in there if you don't know shit about golf mm-hmm. um and even even still like it's a it's a gentler game but it's still pretty challenging like right. some oh man those those well the first tournament that you play in castle club is kind of piss easy and the other two are really hard mm-hmm. um i probably i i i said I, I think i said about half a dozen times for both of them it was probably closer to a full-on dozen playing through those round of 18 holes to try to win the tournament, competing with, like, Yoshi or Mario or whatever fuck, fuckhead is, <laughs> is like, how, how do you get an eagle on that hole? It was a, <laughs> it was a par four. Like, it took me three shots to get to the green. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, but I can't wait to feel that way about actual human beings and not the computer. And I'm starting to get that. Definitely. But, but I also yeah. know that there were going to be people that are going to kick the crap out of me that I don't even know. And I'd rather, you know, start competing with you and all the other people from right. NWR. And... Well, hopefully they'll add in DLC for a throw the putter button. Yeah. So yeah. when you lose, you can just <laughs> huck your putter into the crowd. Yeah. And as far as how do you feel about the DLC? Um, I had just recently, I've been so out of the loop with work and school, just recently heard the rumblings that apparently it's $15 DLC. Well, okay, so the way it works, for for people who don't know, is the game is going to be $30 instead of the customary $40. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently only in North America and, like, Europe, it's regular normal price. <laughs> because Europe, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's going to be three DLC packs. Uh, each DLC pack will have a new playable character and two 18-hole courses. A lot of them seem to be, like, remakes of Mario Golf 64 courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of those packs are going to be $6 each. So for $6 each, you get you know, a playable character in two courses. Which, to me, that doesn't really sound that bad. Or you can buy a season pass where you get all all the courses for 50 bucks. So you save $3. And then right. there's also a fourth playable character. 
Golden Mario that if you buy the season pass, you have access to him right away. If not, then everyone has access to him after all three DLC packs are out. See, I don't have any problems with that. I mean, six bucks for two eighteen, like an, yeah. two eighteen whole courses. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff for for six bucks. I mean, I'll buy, I'll download NES games for six bucks after tax that I play <laughs> for eight minutes. I'm like, well, I'm done. Whatever, you know. I mean, I'd say that's worth it. And I mean, I get the. I think a lot of Nintendo fans like they're still just. It's still kind of new. They're still not quite used to the whole like. DLC and season pass thing because it's kind of hitting Nintendo stuff a little bit later than it did some other areas of gaming. So people are, I think we're just kind of feeling those growing pains. I mean, this is how things are and this is how they're yeah. going to be. And they, it worked for um, Pikmin 3. I mean, as far as I know, they were pretty successful with the DLC on that. And definitely, if it opens up the floor for having long term DLC, like if I'm still getting new Mario Golf content a year from now, that's awesome. It's worth it to me. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to yeah. get these three DLC packs and that's it. And I don't know if I'll really be that upset if that doesn't happen because it is the kind of thing that I I really can't wait for this DLC. It's not that the courses that I'm playing on are getting old, but just having more variety would mm-hmm. be even better. Like because yeah. it's already a super fun game, but it is like I played two tournaments back to back that were literally the same fucking courses, mm-hmm. which was good because the first one I did kind of crappy on, and then I was able to redeem myself. Mm. But it was like, you know, it would have been cooler if there was more to pull from. And soon enough, there will be more to pull from. I don't know. I think Nintendo is still learning the long game strategy of DLC. And I think this is we're still in that transitionary period where they're kind of like, well, how long do we do the DLC thing for? How, you know, do we yeah. do it for a month? Do we do it for six months? How long? How long should we drag this out? But I feel like all the DLC and DLC talk that I've seen from them is stuff that seems well worth my money and seems to actually add content. It's not like they're releasing like Mario Golf horse armor for $8. Yeah. Like it's this is this is courses and content and characters and stuff I care about. So yeah, I'm fine kicking them $6, you know. Yeah, I mean they're almost doubling the course like the the amount of holes that you can play in mm-hmm. the game for a, a half the price. Right. And and especially since they're knocking ten bucks off the cost of the game, it's like, well, honestly, I could buy. I mean, I'm not going to spend much more than the cost of a forty dollar 3ds game if I get all of it. You know, so it'd be yeah. what? So six times three is eighteen. So it'd be eight dollars more than a normal retail 3ds game. Yeah. So eh, I'm fine with that. I mean, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm ex- I'm excited for people to. People play it. I want to play the DLC. I want to play more of the game. I might do that right after this. <laughs> um, play some more tournaments. Get that. Check out my Game Boy gear. Excellent. Um, and if you have any questions about uh, NES Remix 2 or Mario Golf World Tour, uh, be sure to email us at connectivity at nintendoreport.com. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for joining me, Justin. You are welcome, Neil. Yay! (laughs) All right, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget, you can send your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and if you've got a moment, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Now stay tuned for our bonus segment.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to this bonus segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today, I am with Zach Kaplan. Hey. I think making your return. You haven't been on in, in a while, right? You haven't been on since you've kind of come back to the site? I haven't been on since, I think, DuckTales. Okay. So, yeah. So, it has been a little while. Well, well th- welcome, welcome back to Connectivity. Maybe someone who knows more about the history of Connectivity can tell me. Well, I mean, I edited it, so if I don't even remember, I, I, I'm not going to expect anyone who listens to, to remember. But I don't know. There's some passionate fans out there. There are. That's true. We'll see. Well, if you're out there, Mr. Passionate or Mrs. Passionate fan, uh, let us know. You keep track of uh, appearances of everyone from NWR on the show. That'd actually be kind of cool. Yeah. Like running running spreadsheet or something. Um, Speaking of spreadsheets, uh, which I most closely associate with PCs, uh, today this segment is all about PC gaming. Um, I've been a pretty regular PC gamer for, God, I don't know, 10, 13 years now, I guess, ever since I was a a young teenager. And Zach, now you're currently just kind of making your first foray into PC gaming, is that correct? Uh, yeah, unless, uh, playing Club Penguin when I was, like, I don't know, maybe elementary school counts. (laughs) You have to start somewhere. Yeah. So but, I'll, I'll count a browser-based game, sure. <laughs> yeah. No, but besides the Old Republic, I haven't really played much PC games. Oh, but you did play the Old Republic. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the reason this whole conversation uh, even came about when we're going to do this segment is uh, Zach recently bought the NVIDIA Shield after playing it a bunch of packs and needed to upgrade what your computer... Well, it started out with just your computer's graphics card. Um, so you could do what stream, uh, yeah, like on like on Twitch or stuff like that. Well, it's, I could stream games from the PC to the Nvidia Shield. Oh, that's what it's for. Okay, I thought you meant like internet streaming, but it's to actually stream straight from your computer to the Shield. It's like a remote play on the Vita. Sure, sure, or kind of like what the Wii U does with the gamepad. Yeah, except um, probably better. I uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, you can do it anywhere. They updated it recently, so you can do it from like. Anywhere you get a fast wireless connection. Oh, okay. So it is like Vita, yeah, where you can do it, yeah, in complete different households and stuff. Um, so that, that's cool. That and my current graphics card, I can't... Like, I just bought uh, Force Unleashed 2, of all games. Um, it's a good game. Yeah, but no. So I installed it recently. With my current graphics card, even at lowest settings... It could run, but it was very, very laggy because it was having trouble, like rendering the graphics and sure. running. Right. So, it, it's it was due for an upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's yeah, that's a common experience in in PC gaming. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit first before we kind of go into just PC gaming in general? Talk about the Nvidia Shield because this is kind of interesting. So. Uh, you've already mentioned that you can stream from your computer, but right now I know you've been playing games on it, and I imagine that just involves streaming like to NVIDIA servers or servers that are hosted by individual people. Uh, well, they have their. It's in beta. It's called the uh, NVIDIA Grid. Mm-hmm. Well, it's supposed to be only accessible to people in Northern California, but apparently, if you have a good enough internet connection, it works anywhere. So it's been working in my house in Massachusetts. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> How it works is it streams from their cloud gaming thing. Yeah. Um, games, PC games. So I got access to like 15 free games, well, free as long as you bought the Shield. Yeah. So I've been playing like Saints Row 3 on it. And most of the time it actually runs pretty well. I mean, considering that it's still in beta and that 
I don't live in Northern California, it runs pretty <laughs> yeah. well. Well, I feel like that's always kind of like for the past five or maybe even 10 years, well, probably not that far back, but five years, that's kind of been like the, the hope for the future of PC gaming you know, that we kind of get out of this cycle where you're having to constantly upgrade your PC like you're doing now with, you know, having to upgrade your video card. The idea that like, well, you can just have a, a box and you're just going to be streaming everything from outside servers that, you know, these other computers are going to be doing all the, the computations and the processing and you're just streaming it. Well, I um, think uh, with the Shield, it's more about having a handheld gaming system that lets you play PC games. Sure. Well, yeah. So this kind of does a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can also play Android games on it with the controller, and there are some good games out there. Sure, but, oh yeah. Uh, what I saw, too, you posted on Twitter, you were playing Pilotween 64, how'd you manage that? <laughs> uh, that's with an N64 emulator. Oh, and like an Android-based N64 emulator? Yeah, don't, okay. tell, don't tell Nintendo. But. Yeah, well, hopefully they don't listen to this Nintendo podcast. No, I'm sure you're fine, they don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. Um, okay, so that's pretty cool, but so you're enjoying it so far, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, especially, I mean, considering the fact that you're not even supposed to be able to play these games outside of Northern California, it sounds like your experience has been pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, when, when, go ahead. Well, it's just a great piece of hardware, like, I was, I'm still in love with my Vita, but the Shield's getting up there in my obsession with handheld gaming systems, so. Yeah. Well, and I think the ability to stream straight from your computer is actually very cool, I mean, that idea of making PC games mobile like that. Um, that's huge. I mean, and the, like the Vita is great. And I I love the the Vita hardware itself, but I mean, there's people who will say that there's a lot of good games and there's there's good indie stuff. But to have collect like to have the ability to play any PC game on this thing is going to be huge for you. Well, it's not any PC game. It's they have to be controller compatible. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, right now there's a list of like a hundred games compatible, but then there's a bunch more that aren't listed but are also compatible. Right, that like maybe aren't like perfectly fine tuned to use the controller, basically. Yeah, I mean, I know they recently added you can play World of Warcraft on it by you can hook it up to your TV and then pair a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse and play like MMOs with it now. Okay. I don't know if they have like what. MOBAs? I don't even know what a MOBA is, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> Those kind of games. Yeah, like League of Legends, uh, Defense of the Ancients, that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, I th- I th- it might support some of those games. I don't know. That's cool. Uh, but, like, recently, um, like, a game that came out recently, I mean, I'm not going to play it, but South Park Stick of Truth. Mm-hmm. That, that game, you can play it on the Shield. You can stream it. Uh... I'm trying to think of other recent games, but not a lot has come out this year on PC, has there been? Um, I mean, there's, like, some things. It just kind of depends. Like, the, the latest Diablo expansion just came out, um, Reaper of Souls. And, I, I mean, I imagine if you can do World of Warcraft by doing uh, I don't think Diablo keyboard. 3 is compatible. Oh, really? But, um... I know there's a bunch of games coming out that will be compatible. Like, yeah. a game, uh, Watch Dogs, is going to be able to run on it. Yeah. And, um, well, considering, yeah, back to the Vita for a second, um, the Vita is getting Borderlands 2, and I was mm-hmm. going to get, and I was planning on getting it, possibly the bundle with the Slim, but now that I have the Shield, I think, like, well, I could play the Borderlands 2 PC version, which looks better, yep. on my Shield, or I could play it on the Vita, which doesn't look or run as well. Right. So. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, that's like that's really cool, actually. So, 
apart from being able to stream the games right now from California, which you're not even really supposed to be able to do, is the main way you would use it just by streaming stuff from your PC? I mean, that's, you'd buy games on your PC and just stream them. Is that the, the main way you'd use it right now? Uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a portion of the shield because th- there's a big emph- emphasis on its um, Tegra processor based games that are supported on Android or something like okay. I don't it, like they recently added the Walking Dead season 1 you can play oh, okay. on Android um they, and then a lot of Android games that aren't necessarily like made for the shield you can map the controls right to to the controller and it downloads it automatically like from a cloud based server of people submit the mapped controls so it downloads it automatically oh nice um, and that wor- that works pretty well with games that use controls like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a Mass Effect game on Android. It's kind of crappy, but... <laughs> but it works. <laughs> yeah, it, it works with the controller. While uh, a game like Simpsons Tapped Out or the new Family Guy Android game, where it's you tap and you move stuff, that's a little more clunky because it's I just, would imagine. It's yeah. like moving around a mouse cursor. Yeah. So. That makes sense because the Nvidia the screen on it isn't a touch screen, right? No, it is. It is, it? It oh, is it a touch screen. Oh, it is. Okay. So could you just use that for those types of games? Yeah, you can, but the controller is. I mean, it's not as comfortable, but right because um, the screen's kind of on. It, it, I mean, it almost looks like a like a regular game controller with just sort of a screen stuck on top of it. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but it it works though. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, that's cool. You can't. Uh, to, well, you can, but it's really awkward. Play games in um, portrait mode, like games like stupid games like um, what is it called? Jungle Run, Jungle. Yeah, yeah, Jungle Run. Yeah, yeah. Those those would be hard to play because of how the shield is built. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because don't those go? Are those in portrait or no? Those are vertical, aren't they? Or is that or, in portrait? I'm not sure. No, uh. When it's vertical, it's portrait, I think. Uh, horizontal is landscape. Oh, landscape, duh. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, anything up and down like that, yeah, would be kind of <laughs> kind of difficult. You just turn the whole thing on its side, I guess. Yeah, but there's pl- yeah. plenty of other great stuff to play. Right. So, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the PC gaming side of things. And I think you've kind of had your first big, like, leap into, uh, like, modifying your, your home computer. Um, so, before trying to get this shield to work with streaming, you've never really... It sounds like you've never done much like tinkering inside of your computer. Would you no, say correct? no, not at all. I mean, it's my family's computer, so if I had even thought about it, my mom would be like, "You're not touching it." But <laughs> my parents got a new laptop, and so they're like, "Whatever." Now they're kind of on that more, and so yeah, you get a little more yeah. free reign with the PC. Um, Fun yeah. fact for listeners: I am still the youngest. Um, person on staff currently so are you 17 now or 16 17 17. okay that's what i thought i'm still still younger than everyone else yeah apparently that sounds right i think i am (laughs) uh i would think so yeah i don't think we've got any other high schoolers running around um but someone got like a negative birthday i don't know (laughs) someone's like benjamin buttoning yeah um so kind of like i i had that similar experience i was a little bit younger than 17 when i first started like cracking over my computer and trying to mess with that. I was probably 13 or 14 trying to play games like the original Starcraft and, and Half-Life um, and getting those to run. But I feel like upgrading your video card is that first like big like step into PC gaming. It's like a rite of passage, really. Um, 
and I know you were talking on Twitter about like picking out a card and, and you know maybe having like Best Buy install it versus installing it yourself. Um, now I know you had to get a different power supply because you, your power supply didn't supply enough uh, pack for this uh, punch, I should say, maybe for this video card. But did you actually put the card in yourself? Did you do that, or are you I, just having them do everything? Uh, I ha- I'm having Best Buy put in the power supply like tonight. So and then you'll put in the card when you get it back. Yeah. Well, on. I'm getting it back tomorrow, but then my I have a friend coming over Thursday who's into PC gaming. So I'd rather have him like help me, show me how to unscrew it the right way. Right. Yeah, I think it's always good to kind of have that guidance the first time, sure. Yeah. Um I mean, after the graphics card, when I have some more money, like now that I've been looking into it, I'd I'd like to get some more RAM. Yeah, RAM is another real easy thing to to swap out. Yeah, because mine has like three point seven five usable gigs of RAM. Oh yeah, you're gonna definitely want to knock that up. <laughs> so like right now, it'll be able to run the games I want to run, but like games like Watch Dogs coming out that requires at a minimum six gigabytes. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, so that's gonna have to get bumped up. Those are usually the two like easiest sort of like quick fixes you can do to an existing computer throw a new video card in it or upgrade the ram um eventually you know motherboards and processors and all that stuff but it sounds like your this family computer is recent enough that i don't think you have to worry about all that quite yet well i don't know is 2009 really recent oh wow is it that old hmm but i don't know actually it runs (laughs) it runs pretty well still yeah i've been able to i don't know it's it's been running so well since i got it yeah I mean, I feel like once you start with the video card, that's like a gateway drug. Soon you're going to start monitoring like all this, all this different stuff. I mean, now you're already swapping out the the power supply. You're looking at a RAM, and yeah, the the motherboard and the processor. That's going to be the next thing for you. And then before you know it, you're going to be building your own little uh, PCs. Yeah, I don't. I still don't understand how you build a PC. It's not that hard. So I'm on, I'm on a computer now that I I just built a, about a month or two months ago. Well, no, probably about a month ago now. Um. It's not too bad. I mean, once you get... I honestly think the hardest thing is just uh, the power supply and, like, getting all the wires connected to the motherboard and the different components. That, to me, like, always always takes me the longest for some reason. But everything else, I mean, it's everything has a place. And so as long as you buy compatible stuff, so you don't want to buy, like, a motherboard that only supports AMD processors and then you buy, like, an Intel, that would be bad. But usually you can get those bundled together when you buy them, like from Tiger Direct or something. So everything just kind of snaps in. It's almost like putting together a Lego set that's like only got a few places where you can put things. Yeah. Um, it's surprisingly easy. I mean, you'll see once you put in the video card, like once your friend helps you. I mean, there, there's I mean, your computer's going to have two to four slots. Uh, they're all lined up next to each other and that's like the only place the video card can go. I mean, there's no way you could put that video card in the wrong place. Um, I don't know. I think I could find a way. <laughs> You'd have to try real hard um, to do that. And I feel like it's easier now uh, with video cards, at least. Because uh, when I was doing it, there was PCI and there was, I think, AGP was the other the other type of, uh, like, adapter, basically, in the bottom of the card. And so you had to already, like, either have your computer's manual or open up your computer and look at the port to be able to tell which you needed um, of those two types of video cards. And now there's just PCI. Um, and there's some differences. There's PCI and PCI Express and stuff, but it's all fairly universal now. It's much easier than it was ten years ago when I was trying to do this, um, or well, more than ten years ago. Um, Us so kids yeah. have it easy. You guys do. Everything always gets easier. But uh, no, I'm excited for you. I, I think building PCs is a lot of fun, and I know 
like for a long time, you know, within the Wii era, the, the meme was Wii 360. Um, but I honestly think it, with a Wii U and a PC, you're, you're fairly set. The only thing you really miss are just sort of like Sony exclusives, uh, Sony first party stuff. But most of the Microsoft first party stuff comes out on PCs, say for Halo at this point, um, you know, like Titanfall and, and uh, stuff well, like that. Well, t- Titanfall's on PC. Exactly, that's what I mean. So, like, most of Microsoft stuff comes out on PC. Oh, yeah, too. So yeah. I feel like you don't really, like, if you can get a Wii U and then just get, a, like, a pretty good computer, you can play, like, the majority of uh, of games that come out, save for, yeah, just Sony exclusives, like The Last of Us and everything like that. And uh, um, PAX East, they actually had Titanfall playable on the Shield. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, it played fine, or at least... That's awesome. I mean, they have it set up in its optimum conditions. But, of course, of course, yeah. But I say... That's cool. I mean, it... They're not using though the excuse if it run if it doesn't work well they don't do the Nintendo thing where it's like can everybody please turn off your Wi-Fi <laughs> yeah like there's too much too many signals bouncing around our we're so sorry but you need to turn off your phones <laughs> because our Wii won't work there you go <laughs> yeah well that's cool yeah um so no I think PC gaming is is great. And really, once you'll see once you once you crack open that computer, it's not as intimidating as it uh, as it seems. And I think it's a lot harder to uh, mess things up than you would think. I mean, did you ever? I know you're younger, but have you messed around with the N64? Like, have you changed out the um, the little RAM pack in the front of the system ever? I just bought an N64 two months ago. Okay, <laughs> so no. I wonder if it's do you know, you know that little like door that oh yeah on the very I know what you're talking about yeah the little jumper pack eventually they they released a, like a RAM upgrade for games like Donkey Kong and playing multiplayer and Perfect Dark and stuff yeah well Donkey Kong needed it because of a glitch is that really yeah it it, it the reason they released it is they couldn't figure out how to fix the glitch unless you had the uh, expansion More RAM? yeah huh that's interesting I didn't know that um. But really, like, like swapping that thing out is about as difficult as swapping out RAM in a PC and a video card, for that matter. So, no, you'll you'll be fine. I'm I'm excited for you. I really this I I just I just think back to me being a kid and doing this for the first time, and I just get excited. <laughs> I don't know. I get nostalgic for it. I guess something I really like is that PC games are really cheap. A lot of times, yeah. Now that a lot of times you do get bad ports. Um, That's true, especially, especially games that are optimized. Well, for I meant cheap, like inexpensive, like no, no, wise. yeah, absolutely. And they go, they get cheap much faster, especially with Steam sales. But and yeah, stuff there like is that. a problem I've heard with some of the ports of games being subpar. Well, yeah, things will be well. It might, might not be so bad for you because you're using something with a controller like innately built in. Um, yeah, but a lot of times now, I mean. The lead design is, you know, 360 or PS3 or I guess now Xbox One and PS4. And so things aren't really optimized for keyboard and mouse, um, which is how I prefer to play most of my games on PC. So um, that can be an issue sometimes, and sometimes there can be performance issues. But you'll find, especially if you beef up your computer, that for the most part, actually, games look even, I mean, play and look better on the on the PC compared to their console counterparts. So, uh, Do you download all your games? Yeah, oh yeah. PC? I, I, I don't you know the last... <laughs> I mean, the last game I probably bought on, like, DVDs was maybe StarCraft Two like, five years ago, I guess. No, everything I get through Steam or Blizzard's online store or Origin or, yeah, anything like that. Wait, people use Origin? Yeah, if you have to. I mean, EA's games are only on Origin now. They used to be on Steam, but not anymore. So, if you want to play uh, Dead Space 3 or... Um, Microtransactions Horror Game 3. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, the game was not very good. 
Um, or if you want to play any Sims games, yeah, you got to use Origin. But I, Origin's not that bad. It'd just be nicer to have everything consolidated in Steam. Like well, that's that's my issue. I had I had just bought two games on disc because they were cheaper than it was to download. I got mm-hmm. Dishonored for ten dollars, which came with a Steam code. Nice. So basically, I didn't even have to put in the disc. I just entered in the code. The and, download code, and yeah, yeah. just use the disc as a coaster. Well, yeah. the other I got was Force Unleashed for like seven bucks, which was good. But it requires the disc to be in it. So oh man, yeah, I had that's to download a disc. <laughs> so if I want, what I did was I downloaded a disc emulator, and it copies the disc to the computer, so it makes it seem like it's always in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the pain is that now it's like saved to the PC twice. Right. Well, because you have the game installed, and then you have all the data of the disc saved. It's probably an ISO file, I imagine. Yeah. Um. um yeah. The Actually, the next thing I'd like to do upgrading-wise is get either an external hard drive or a new internal hard drive because I'm at, uh, after installing all these emulators for, like, PS2 and GameCube... You're probably filling up quick, right? <laughs> I have 70 gigs left. Well, how big was the hard drive to begin with? 500? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, we've I've had it since, like, 2009. Right. But hard drives are super cheap. I mean, especially internal hard drives. You could get another internal 500-gig hard drive for, like, under $75. Um, um, no because, problem. Well, one of my p- problems is that I rip all my movies on Blu-ray, and then I save them all onto my computer so I can... <laughs> yeah, that'll eat up space, too. Well, in that case, you might want to just get, yeah, just double down on a really big... Uh, Either external or internal drive. External, I'm, maybe. But. I mean, I can press them down, because if yeah. I just leave them as the files they were, then that'd be crazy. Um, right. Absolutely. No, I can press them. But still, that takes up a lot of space. I have, like, over 150 gigs worth of movies and stuff. Yeah. It's it's a mess. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need something. I would just in that case, if you're gonna do all that, I probably would just get an external because that'll make it easier too. If you ever build or buy a whole new computer, you can just plug in your external hard drive with all your movies and uh, music and all that kind of stuff saved on it. Um, what I would do is I would put all that stuff on an external drive, but then still save your games and stuff on the uh, the internal drive because uh, putting them on the external drive is not going to do you any good when you upgrade to a new computer. You'll just have to reinstall them anyway because they won't be in that computer's registry and all that garbage. So. Yeah. Um yeah, so I would do I would do it that way. But no, that's cool. That's awesome. You gave me all pumped. Man, I love talking PCs. <laughs> it's cool. I put a Blu-ray player in my PC for some reason. I, I got an external hard drive because like mine didn't come with a Blu-ray. I bought an external drive like a year or two ago. An external Blu-ray drive? Yeah. Yeah, it was only like $30. Yeah, the 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 drive usually aren't too bad. That's cool. Well, I'm excited. I'm 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 looking forward to hearing more stories yeah. about your uh, your PC exploits. I think you're more excited about it than I am. I I just love PCs. I mean, I just like when I built this computer a month ago, like it was like Christmas for me as everything came in the mail and it was so exciting. Um yeah, it's just fun. But of course, like I hit the normal like PC uh wall that people hit while building these things or just trying to upgrade things where uh it took me forever to figure out why my new computer wasn't it wouldn't like register my video card. Like, it just would not recognize it. Um, and I found out my brother, and this is what I'm talking about, my, my motherboard has, I want to say, two or three, like, PCI, like, 3.0 slots, and then one 2.0 slot at the very bottom. And my video card apparently only supports 2.0, and I had never tried plugging it into the very bottom slot. So, like, after three days, I finally just, like, was like, well, I'm going to try this, and then I guess I'm just going to go buy a new card if that doesn't work. 
And then finally that did the trick. And I just, I did not know that was a thing. So now it's something I'll know and, and know to look for in the future when I build these things. But yeah, you always kind of come across something like that, but it's fun. Or you could just spend like 2500 on one of those Alienware gaming PCs. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I built something equivalent to that for like under $800. So I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I mean, if if you want to do it the hard yeah. way. It's fun though. To me, it's like it's like the modern equivalent of kind of like a, a guy who like rebuilds an, an old car in his garage or something. Like to me, that's like it's like my version of that. I will never ever do anything to a car, but I will I will always build PCs from here on out. See, the thing is, with a car, you go into that and you risk your life, like driving it. Every time you get in a car, you could die. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess at worst, yeah, what? Like, my computer, it just doesn't turn on, and I have to figure out what I did wrong. <laughs> well, at worst, your computer could, like, blow up or something. Uh, right? I'd, have to, I'd have to mess things up pretty bad for it to blow up, I think. <laughs> I think for the most part, it just would not turn on or wouldn't run uh, very well. So, yeah. Um, but cool. Well, uh, good luck, Zach. I, I look forward to hearing how things are once you get that video card in there and, and put some more RAM in there. I think you'll be... Uh, Pleasantly, you know, very happy with the uh, the experience and streaming to uh, to Nvidia Shield there. Uh, I'm just excited to finally be a part of the Master Race. Yeah, the PC Master Race. That's right. Yep. We'll have to get you playing like all Blizzard's games, even though they might not work on your Shield, but you'll just have to sit at your computer and play them um, and get on that. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to follow along, uh, Zach, with his PC exploits, um, you can follow him on Twitter at. At Steel Diver. <laughs> I I feel like someday you're going to go out of from Nintendo and be like, yeah, we, we want that name. You're going to have to give that to us. Yeah, if uh, Steel Diver ever becomes really popular. <laughs> I, well, the new, the new one. Uh, the yeah, that's true. Sub Free to play one was actually very good, I thought. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to follow me as I just encourage Zach because he plays PC stuff, uh, as always, I'm at OKSoda on Twitter. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll talk in, like, a couple weeks or a couple months and, and just see how things are going for you once you've, like, built this. I bet, like, in two months you'll have already built, like, this brand new computer that's just going to be badass. Like, <laughs> that's what all your graduation money will go to when you graduate high school, which I guess probably, what, you're a junior year now, right? Uh, yeah. So, it's still a year out. <laughs> that's what I did with all my graduation money. Who, what's college? I don't know. Um, so, Zach, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your uh, your stories. Uh, you're welcome, and <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, we will talk to you guys later. Bye.